previously on The Adventure Zone. If there's anything you know, anything that sounds beyond belief, I am all ears, Ned Chicane. Sheriff, I'm not sure what I can tell you because I'm kind of clueless. It's like this uh, blonde lady, kind of just about Tim's size, I would say. I saw her again, but this time, like, she was way different. Gregor Mortis uh, looks up at you. You all walk into the morgue room. There are bite marks, uh, more akin to like a small shark got got in there. Doesn't this seem almost calculated to be scary? It seems like overkill. There's got to be a reason why this attack happened. As you pull the sheet back, you can now see the face of Gregor, the technician you were talking to outside. As you notice that, the door into the morgue starts to swing open. was opening and a lot of spooky business was a fart that's welcome to our halloween episode yeah what if we just did all sound effects for this one so it goes like this get out of there <laughs> wait stop griffin not a sound effect <laughs> no justin that was the sound of a radio playing and someone on the radio was saying get out of there i'm a bunch of bones all right i you know that it's good because you do the previously on yeah and that's like ramps the tension back up yeah and then it's like hold on let's deflate that real quick well, this is like where DJ's giving him a taste before the drop, and here comes the drop. A monster comes through. Oh, no. Wait. Uh, you a bad all, monster? Yes. You all are more or less trapped in this room as the one and only entrance into uh, the, the morgue proper here slowly swings open from the front office, and a figure passes through that door and there there's something kind of familiar about the figure that comes through the door um it 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 is a humanoid shape it is a humanoid shape uh albeit with four arms and this shape is just made out of this tangible brilliant light its head or what you're assuming its head is uh based on you know where heads traditionally live uh sort of cranes around to uh, take take you all in and ascertain the situation, uh, and you're having some trouble actually like seeing what this this light person uh, is is doing because the other thing about them that actually makes them different from the other uh, beings like this that you've seen before uh, is this one has this just kind of swirling cloud of of particles. Uh, going all around them. I say particles. They are visible to the naked eye. They are just these small sort of orbs of like a uh, nebula. 
Uh, kinda, you could describe it like that. There are different orbs of different shapes and sizes uh, behaving in sort of different ways. Some are like sort of gelling together and then shooting new uh, you know, particles off, and some are just neatly orbiting around each other, and some are just kind of ping-ponging around like this Like a lava lamp. Uh, some of it is lava lamp-esque, but then some of it is also just like um, maraca beans. And you don't usually see them, but what they would be doing. Um, it is it is chaotic, and it is this cloud that is just surrounding them and kind of mimicking its movements as, it, as this light figure moves, uh, just sort of... Uh, cascading all around them almost like like armor or something like that and this figure walks into the room and then reaches its arm backward with like shocking uh, force with shocking speed and slams the door of the uh, morgue shut and uh, with that I'm gonna ask uh, I'm gonna ask you who wants to go first Ned all right Ned Ned grabs a scalpel off one of the nearby examining trays okay and holds it to the throat of the corpse of Gregor Mortis and says to the creature, stand down or I'll kill your twin brother. Nice. Okay. That's one way to work. Nice. Nice. I'm saying, hey, I'm saying nice in the world of the Adventure Zone as Duck Newton. I'm saying (laughs) nice. It's hard to get the accent across, which is a good word. But all he's saying is nice. 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 Um, I get. Okay, so this seems like a uh, this seems like a move. This Bad seems idea. like a, a manipulate manipulate, <laughs> manipulate someone. Yeah, manipulate. I'm trying to remember monsters. <laughs> Fuck off. Dad, roll a twelve. Twelve. Uh, okay. Um, twelve, and I also add one, so that's a hard thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, uh, the rules state that monsters and minions cannot normally be manipulated, but I think normally is the word I'm going to use as flexible, uh, a, a, a launch pad for this great improv that you're doing here. Well, then allow me to point out that according to those same rules for manipulate someone on a 12 plus, you absolutely convince them. So, okay, here's here's how I'm going to sort of get That surprised across. you. That really surprised you, didn't it? That I knew No, the I thought I I think I I, th- I looked at the rules and I'm very proud of you. I think <laughs> I think the way that this thing responds to it and maybe this will like give you information because just uh the, here, one thing that you learn, it's not this thing's twin and this is not a gambit that is like means anything to this being at all. But when you mention it being its twin, uh you see the cloud take shape. And it like these these particles wrap themselves around the light arm, uh, uh, the light arms of this being. It sort of folds two of them back into like a torso that is starting to form, like a fleshy torso. Uh, and then two other arms spring out, and now it, it just you know looks like a guy. Uh, and then the particles continue, and then it's you know goes up and it forms a a, a skull and a you know system of musculature and skin and hair and clothes and. And now the thing standing before you is Gregor again, and he holds up his hand and you see some of like his skin move like off of his forearm, not like it's peeling off, but just like it's kind of like uh, sliding down, like it's it's redistributing itself. And uh, this like stick out of made of just dude particles he is now holding. And then with a flash, they turn into metal. And now he's the one holding the scalpel. Uh, you are still holding your scalpel, but he is mimicked it and created a a mimic scalpel that he uh is armed so that's a lot of that's a lot of intel 
That's you, that's how what you get for that role. I you think. manipulated him successfully into think you absolutely convinced him that you think it was his twin brother. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was completely convinced. He of your believes belief. that you believe. <laughs> he believes that one hundred percent. Yeah, take right. that. He is um, impressed I, by your level of commitment to the bit. Sure, <laughs> Gregor. And I, I think I think with that, this this new Gregor uh, has begun to uh, walk towards you, Ned, because you are the one who was sort of. Uh, initiated the confrontation with him. Gregor, uh, thank God you're here. I have terrible news. Your twin brother has been killed. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, in time. Hey, you may want to set the scalp down, pal. This is some tough news you're dealing with. Aubrey is going to try something new here. Okay. Um, And it's an aspect of used magic that is to uh, bar a place or portal to a specific person or type of creature. Okay. So as it's walking towards Ned, Aubrey says, I would like it to stop, please. And calls to magic to kind of stop it from getting to Ned. Hmm. Okay. And rolls a nine plus, plus three, 12. Okay. Uh, with that, uh, that counts as a success. It, it uh, pops off without issues. Uh, you choose your effect. I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, we're gonna have to decide what the effect is together because you can't just be like he's imprisoned in a uh, an impervious crystal. Like you, you know. I don't think that that is something that Aubrey has proven that she can do. But also, like it's sort of god mode, which I, I don't. I would say I don't the know. effect I will use because I've used it before is like force or wind. Okay. So more of like I would say that. As it moves forward, kind of the uh, equal and opposite reaction kind of thing kicks in, and the wind okay. is pushing it away from Ned. Okay, I think uh, also it pushes Ned backwards as well, not in any sort of harmful way, but just yeah. sort of towards the uh, towards the back corner of the room, sort of putting these things in in you know two opposite sides of the ring. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm getting some sort of like pop up constantly asking me to look for an MP3 file, and I don't know what it is. Okay. Griffin, would uh, you like to look for a Space Jam soundtrack? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Duck, what are you doing? It sounded like you were kind of just going to do what Ned did. Um, Unless that was one of your classic jokes. I, no, I when you... Okay, when you help someone out, is that something you do on your turn, or how does that work? Is it something you um, do in the moment and then forego your turn in doing so? Usually help out is a reactionary thing, but it can also be a a, a setup for sure. Like it's, it's yeah. Um, uh, what, what do you, if you tell me what you're thinking about doing. I don't actually things. have anything to help. My plan was to try to help if anyone had a good thing that needed some help. But like that situation has not transpired as of yet. Sure. Um, but I don't have a lot that I can do in this situation. So, I'd probably be like, Hiding, <laughs> or okay. yeah, that's totally like, an option. Kind of stand to the periphery. Yeah, I mean, another thing you can do: you are face to face with the monster, and obviously that's a dangerous place to be, but it's also an informative place to be, and that's the name of the game. Like you guys have to know shit about this monster to be able to eventually kill it. Um, so like you could you could do something like that, or if you just want to hide, that's that's absolutely up to you. I'm. I tell uh, you what, you I'll, uh, I'll uh, is is there? Uh, I'm gonna hide. Under the uh, while the attention is drawn to my compatriots, I want to hide under the table and uh, like the operating table, uh, okay, that I and tie its shoelaces together. And boing, oh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, prank, the prank man strikes again. No, uh, I'm gonna do that <laughs> and like uh, just kind of observe, like what uh, I, I have, you know, 
a lot of some zoological training. I have stuff like that. Like I, I, I just like what can I pick up about it? I guess is what I is what I want to find out. Is that read a bad situation? Or so bad yeah, is that or invest, I mean it's it's I guess it's, it's read a bad situation, right? I mean technically. I mean, here's here's what I'll here's what I'll give you. You're trying to do two things, right? The hide is a move, and the figure shit out about it is a move. So I feel like this is, if anything, it's an act under pressure. And then if you pull it off, not only will you have hidden, I, I'll, I'll give you one one question to yeah, sort of fair. go, which will sort of meld the two together. And that also gives me more to do if you fail, because the act under pressure, mixed success has some great shit in it. And that would be cool. One, so seven. All right, that gets you up to a mixed success. Um, you are going to uh, get under this this table, right? Uh, I have to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. The hard choice is uh, there's two tables, uh, right? There's two tables. There were two operating tables there. Uh, you can either jump into the one that is closer to the corner that he was just knocked into and have a less sort of stealthy place, like a not great, perfect hiding place, or you can jump into the one that is further from where he is, but you won't be able to sort of get as much hard info on him. So that's your hard choice. You get the two tables. It's a, it's about as good yeah. a like world binary as we can get. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get close. I, I'm, okay. I'm okay with that. All right. Ask your question then. What does it sound we're, we're like when doves read, cry? Read a bad situation. So we're going with. I think it could be either. Right. You tell me. Are you trying to figure out how to get out of this morgue without dying, or are you trying to th- no, figure out really. like what this thing I'm is not, weak? I'm against? not gonna leave. Um. How about this? What kind of creature is it? I guess is what I'll I would go with. Uh, okay, I think that you are close enough to see like the exact, like the incredible detail of this figure, right? Like you can see, um, you can see the shoelaces on on this thing. You can like, tie them uh, together. <laughs> you can tie them together if you really want to. Uh, you can tell. Uh, you can like see the weight of a wallet in its back pocket, right? This thing just formed itself out of this cloud, which is gone now. The cloud has become the the suit that this thing is inside. Um, and, and when you have that thought, like I think it clicks for you that like the this light creature that I think you all have seen at various points whenever you defeat uh, the abominations um, is, is, you know, has turned this cloud of, of particles into a suit that they can, uh, you know, you know, they can turn it into Gregor. What else can they turn it like into? Like a Gregor suit? Um, Are we, am yeah. I, is it, uh, so you said wallet, is it basically mimicking, does Gregor look like somebody who just came into work? Like, is, are they looking like Gregor would have yes. looked while working at the morgue, basically? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So working off a, something it has seen. Right. Okay. Uh, Aubrey, I think, or, or or Ned. Actually, I think Ned is uh, Ned is up. You're sort of on the opposite corner of this thing. Duck has just jumped and hidden under a table. Is it uh, this not, thing? The, is it taking your turn? Um, that's not really how this works. I respond okay. to what you guys do. I mean, if you guys go a long time without sort of, um, you know, getting out of the room or fighting this thing or whatever, like yeah, he's going to start taking swings. But but really, my role as as keeper is to respond to the the decisions that you all make and give you hard choices. For instance, Duck is now like Duck's not very well hidden from this thing, and he's very close to it. And this thing is uh, standing in front of the only door out of here, which is shut behind it. But it hasn't done anything aggressive yet, right? It was no. approaching you with a scalpel, which it's still holding. Well, I'm holding a scalpel too. No, we can have ourselves a good old fashioned scalpel fight. Okay, I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, right. not again. Here's what Ned does: he uh, extends his arm and drops the scalpel. Okay, 
what are you trying to do with well, that? Well, I want to see if how closely it's mimicking everything we we do. I mean, maybe it it's responding to the body language, the threatening body language. Yeah. Of Ned. I mean, it's it's ba- well. Hey, he yeah. dropped the say. Hey, listen, he dropped the scalpel, Griffin. What happened next? <laughs> yeah. What happened next to the story? Ned dropped. He the doesn't scalpel. have to tell you what he's trying to do. You just have to tell us what you're gonna do. Yeah. What happened? Um. Yeah. So let's make it interesting. This thing. I was trying well, to think. Well, if I there's should... a first. Well, I was trying to think if we should make it into a role, but okay, fine. The uh, the being uh, reaches out its arm and lets go of its scalpel, which falls to the floor. And as it does, you you can see actually, uh, duck from your position. As it hits the floor, it just sort of effort- effortlessly turns into these these silvery spheres uh, that sort of float around for a minute before getting just uh, sucked up and reconstituted into uh, the fake Gregor form. And as he does that, I think he starts approaching just with his hands outstretched, and now he is now he is coming for you, Ned, and he's coming to hurt you. Hey, could you not hurt Ned? Maybe? Like, maybe we could talk, and it seems like maybe you want something? Okay, its arms transform as they reach out towards you, um, and it is a kind of, it's a disgusting transformation. Got it. Uh, because all of this just sort of organic matter making this thing up just shifts around in ways that human bodies shouldn't be able to shift. Uh, their, like, upper arm grows twice in, in length, and their hands bloom outward and reform into these long, bestial, clawed hands. Um, and he nearly doubles in height, uh, and now standing before you is this this hideous, tall, hairy creature uh, that is just like covered in covered in sores and just just has this ghoulish, dripping uh, animal smile. Uh, and its feet are enormous, and I think like your brain tries to quickly like say, okay, what well, what is this thing, Ned? What is this thing? Uh, it it is what you maybe would have considered before you met the real deal it's a it's bigfoot and it's a sasquatch a woodland ape and uh yes and uh it it grabs you ned and chucks you it throws you uh against uh just backwards into one of the uh operating tables and you and the uh not the one that duck is hiding under but you and uh the body go sort of tumbling over and you take one harm Okay, uh, Aubrey throws Snitch at it. Okay. Is that act under or kick some ass? That's definitely kick some ass. Okay. Uh, it's going to end up being a seven. Oh, you have a minus one tough. Yes, I do. Okay, I mean, that's still a mixed success. Um, so where are you, uh, where are you trying to, like, hit it? What are you trying well, to do? Well, I uh, figured just here? I'm going for, like, back between the shoulder blades, you know? Okay, yeah, it had its back turned to you as it picked up your friend and chucked him. Okay, what was the damage on that? That's a good question, Griffin. Uh, so in gear options for Spellslinger, there is a one-harm knife. Yeah. Um, and I figure I don't have any pluses to the damage. It's the magic flying part that is the bonus, right? Oh, it's a magic weapon. Yeah, snitch. Oh, okay, okay, here's what happens. I think one, one harm is... Uh, this is great. You throw your magic knife, and this... This Bigfoot creature screams, um, and not in like a, not in a, like a bestial way. It's not like a, a like you just stabbed into a bear. The scream is much smaller than that. It's much actually a higher pitch than that. And honestly, it sounds 
almost vocodery. Like it sounds not Hatsune Miku, but, you know, sort of along those lines, it is not the sound that you expected to come out of this thing. Uh, and you don't get like blood out of this out of this creature. You just see the particles where the knife was just sort of uh, burst outwards. And it give, gives the Bigfoot now time to reach back and pull the knife out of its back and uh, drop it to the ground. And I um, snitch back because it's a magic it zips back knife. to your hand. Uh, it, Thank it, you, snitch. You are great. It, in exchange, Aubrey, turns around with one of its massive clawed arms and just grabs you by the face and just slams you backwards into the wall of uh, of racks. Uh, and you take two harm. As <laughs> well, you I've got a vest, so I only take backwards. one harm. Yeah, the vest yeah. is thick you enough. Know that the that, back wall of racks is coated in Roast beef grease and curly fry sauce. <laughs> oh, is that that's probably a re, that's probably a regional they have, thing, huh? Okay, they have really narrow casting. Google R A X roast beef sandwich restaurant. Only one exists. Really good chocolate shake with bits in it. Great chocolate shake. Oh, the, and it had like the chocolate actual like chunks in it, so it would stop up the straw. Oh, yeah, it's really gross. Duck now. Uh, yeah, just uh, to clarify, because uh, one of the tags on Snitch is volatile, uh, Aubrey is very complimentary and thankful to Snitch so that it doesn't get upset. That's what I've determined volatile means in regards to the magic flying knife. Oh, no. I think what it means is as it's flying backwards, it does a weird curveball arc back in your direction. And when you catch it, like you're every time every I want it to be every time Aubrey catches this thing, she's scared shitless because it's it's a knife flying at her in in a fun new pattern. It's a new way of returning (laughs) to it every time. Um, Duck, uh, what's up? You going to just keep chilling? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to it's it's right right by me. eh? It's right by you, yeah, and its attention is uh, definitely at your back. It just slammed Aubrey up against the wall and Perfect. threw Duck uh, into a ta- or threw Ned into I'm gonna, a table. Um, I'm going to pull out Beacon. Okay. And I'm going to uh, uh, extend Beacon and whip it around its legs. I'm perfectly okay. angled to do that. Now, Justin, I have a question. Based off of something we learned last episode, every time uh, Duck draws Beacon, is he at risk of his pants falling down? Uh, no, Duck also are, always has suspenders. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> think about this, Travis. Think about what you're saying. That's canon. Really. Forest uh, suspenders. He's uh, he's worn them since he was a teenager. Of course. I almost think this I would thinking? be. Uh, I almost think this would be an act under pressure, right? I don't think this. There's something like this in kicks some ass, but you're clearly not trying to attack this thing. And from your position, like I don't know that it would attack you either. So I think this is just an act act under pressure role to try and bind this thing's feet uh, so that you all can have some time to do whatever. So all right. uh, roll well, act under pressure. Let's do it. Fuck. Plus cool. Plus cool, which is one. That's a six, which is a That's failure. That's a six, which is not good. Okay. I'm going to burn a luck. Are Ooh. you? I am. I'm going to burn a point of luck because I really need this to work, because I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. Uh, then, yes, it ought to go ahead and mark that luck point off. 
and you succeed in binding this thing's feet. Um, and instantly, at this point, I think Duck and Wait, Aubrey, you all are- dumb. It's made of light. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> instantly, Duck and Aubrey, you all are back on your feet. You all are, have, have recovered because you don't want to be, you know, lying on the ground while this thing's on the loose and you see Duck pull this gambit. Um, it's not, it, 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 I mean, it's not made of light in the sense that you're thinking about Duck, but you can tell that, like, it tries to take a step forward and stumbles and falls into the, uh, the- remaining uh up upright operating table i think i guess just the one that you are under uh and sorry uh, i guess see... that was a little bit trippy all right oh. uh and you see uh it's sort of flesh start to uh shift around the 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 blade trying to figure out a way to to get out of this thing uh, and yeah, I think, uh, I think Ned, you're I'm up. Just, I'm, just, I'm very I, clearly, I mean, I, I've yelled to them like, let's get the hell out of here. Like, I, I, I think, I think we go, I don't think we know enough to fight this thing. I feel like we picked up uh, some info. Like I'm, I'm good to go. Okay. Um, uh, Ned runs for the door. It is locked by the same, uh, keypad, uh, swipe. Uh, pad lock that uh, you saw outside that uh, I guess you you have now realized fake Gregor used to let you into the Bigfoot that is sort of still trying to get out of this uh, this blade binding you actually can see that just coming out of its out of its flesh toward the back of its body is is that key uh, the the key card that he used to let you inside? Almost like this thing had it in its possession, and then when it reformed, it just kind of got caught up caught up in the bod. Um, so you see the key card out of here, and it is coming from uh, inside the sort of the back of the uh, the creature. Grab it. Okay, um, Ned, being an accomplished thief, reaches towards this. Scary, horrible monsters, big hairy ass, and uh, grabs the key card and swipes out it out of its ass. Grabs it out of its ass. I know, I know, I know. It's in its ass, Ned. Get it. Uh, um. Okay. <clears throat> and reaching that ass, Ned. Just so, just so we're clear, this thing is bent over an operating table, so we could not sort of put together a better sort of uh, proctological exam tableau. Reach into its have. ass, Ned. Hurry. Um, get get in there, bud. All right, get in that ass. Cough, monster. Cough, and get that ass there. Grab that ass. Grab that key card. <clears throat> ass key card, and and holds it gingerly with a thumb and a finger with a horrible expression on his face. Okay, uh, roll to act under pressure. <laughs> the greatest yeah, roll to get in all. that ass. Roll to get in the ass. Roll to get a slice of that monster butt. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Seven plus one, which is. Cool, and that's eight. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. That's a, mi- a mixed ass success. This- Climbing into a monster's ass to get the card to get back into the place we're escaping from. I think it's super cool. This is going to be an R episode, isn't it? This is one's rated R. I'm going to give you a hard choice, Ned. Um, Can he just make a hard choice? <laughs> pretty hard choice. <laughs> I don't think, uh, no, I think that that was undeniable. You You can get the card out, Ned. And get it to your accomplices, um, but the monster is going to uh, the monster is going to get a chance to do something to you before uh, after after I guess that happens. That's the hard choice. There will be payback for this. Okay, Ned 
after he grabs the key card, looks at Aubrey, and it just is full of guilt over what he knows he did in the past. So Ned will take that. He'll take that choice to let the Aubrey and, and Duck get away and take whatever happens to him happens to him. And okay. also, just to paint the other side of it, like Ned looks with whatever that facial expression is full of guilt, and Aubrey's just like, um, okay, uh, Ned, are you? Oh, thanks for the key card. Yeah, you throw the key card uh, across the room to Aubrey, and just as you do so, this thing just sort of melds around Beacon. Uh, it's its feet where its feet were, they just turn instantly into this cloud of particles and you see the light form sort of effortlessly step out of the binding and then the the particles move back forward and their feet reform. And it happens so quickly that this thing uh, just reflexively kicks backwards, which sort of moves the operating table that Duck is under. It sends it sliding towards the exit to the room. Uh, and it also propels it forward uh, into, into you, Ned, as it turns on its heels and just charges right into you. Aubrey and Duck, what you see as this thing pushes into Ned, uh, it almost looks like they were fighting in front of a like a, a backdrop for a play, like a paper backdrop that uh, had been painted in the the shape of this uh, this this morgue. Because they just puncture through your vision, they just puncture through whatever you can see, uh, and a tear forms in just reality in front of you and through it behind it whatever's beyond it it's it's it seems like a very dark sort of space uh but you only get like a flash of a second to look at it because as soon as that happens uh this thing pushes ned through the rift and follows behind and then the rift disappears well shit Hey everybody, this is Griffin McElroy, your Dungeon Master, your best friend, and your Ice Challenge, Ice Bucket Challenge doer. Splash. Ah! Now you do it. Thanks for listening to the Adventure Zone Amnesty. It's episode 23, and uh, we sure do appreciate you tuning into our, our uh, spooky Appalachian program. And uh, hey, here's some sponsors. We have an aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right. 
powerful influencer, Travis McElroy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Chicago! We're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. And Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2. Schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little Sailor Man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Thank you to everybody who uh, has been tweeting about the show using the uh, the Zonecast hashtag. Sure to appreciate you uh, spreading the word as we uh, keep keep trucking li- right along in amnesty. Oh, thank you to Maximum Fund for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. Shows like uh, Switchblade Sisters and Beef and Dairy Network and Jordan Jesse Go and so many others at MaximumFun.org. Uh, again, our website is McElroy.family. We've always got new merch and news and stuff going up on there. Uh, so again, we will have a new episode up for you in two weeks. That is going to be on. March 7th. So uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Aubrey and Duck, you have just watched your third get pushed through a rift in space-time by a shape-shifting monster. Uh, you are in the morgue by yourselves now, but you have the key needed to get out of it. Uh, it my sword's on the ground? Yes. All right, pick that up. Good. That's great. But that was a trick I was going to do on you if you had left it there. Nice. I was looking forward to making you not have a sword anymore. Nice try, Game Master. Or should I say, Fart Lord. 
<laughs> I got him. I, uh, huh. Huh. Well, well, um, that didn't go. I mean, that didn't go exactly as I expected, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aubrey's like, you know, feeling the wall like they do in movies. You know, if somebody gets pulled through a wall, like, uh. Yeah, it, it wasn't even in the wall. It was just like the center of the room. It wasn't like he, he smashed through the wall Kool-Aid Man style. He smashed through, like, light Kool-Aid Man style. <laughs> you know how Kool-Aid Man does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine if Kool-Aid Man were a being of pure light. Like, um, you know, like Crystal Light. You know. <laughs> that's good you, joke. Dad. That's Thank good you. joke. That Thank you. That's, that's just good joke right that there. Is. Thank you. Good jokery. He did some good joke. Um, So what do you, uh, what do you think we should do now? I mean, we got to get Ned back eventually. Uh huh. Eventually, there's no question. Hey, you're not here. Oh, right. Sorry. There's no, there's no question about that. There, there aren't many questions about the fact that we have to eventually uh, secure Ned. Um, what the fuck was that thing? Well, mimic, mimic. Maybe. Yeah. It seemed like it could copy people. Hey, right now, quick. Listen, I've seen a lot of TV and movies. Um. Tell me something that only, like, you know, but, like, that you would tell me and that I would know. Or, like, a secret code word, maybe? Something like, so we can't get mimicked. You know what I mean? People never think about that shit. People never think about getting mimicked? Nah, but just, like, in a movie where there's mimics, you know? People never think about, like, we need a secret mimic catchphrase or code word or something to defend against the possibility of mimic. Well, attack. um, so like, what's gonna be like our secret mimic? You told thing. me uh, last week you were telling me about that time that you shit your pants when you were in high school that you never told anyone about. F- fucking, I, I listen, Audrey, I, Audrey, I, I, I told everybody that story. Honestly, I, I have shit my pants uh, pretty regularly. And honestly, if you look at me and just sort of how I carry myself as a person, that would be a good educated guess. I think anybody could crack that. You told me about the time when you shit yourself. At the DMV? That's true. That is a little You all hear there. a beep from the door. You hear a, you all hear, a, as you're having this conversation, you hear a beep from the door lock on the other side of the wall uh, and hear a shifting of the lock in the door. Uh, which Aubrey jumps s- to one side of the door with her back against the wall. Yeah, it swings open and in enters Sheriff Owens with his service revolver drawn and out. I've never uh, shit my pants anywhere, Sheriff. He turns his gun towards you and, like, <laughs> freaks out and notices you, too, Aubrey. He says, both of you, don't move. Don't go anywhere. What the you fuck are it. you doing in here? What, what the fuck are you doing in here? Uh, you also see, like, through the door back out into the head office, uh, you see Deputy Dewey. He's watching the front door of, like, the entire uh, the entire building, uh, just sort of getting that down on lock. Uh, and Sheriff Owens is interviewing the two of you uh, at gunpoint. Uh, hey, sheriff, put that away. I'm a, I'm an officer as well. We're we're brothers and of uh, behind the badge, badge bros. That doesn't that does you, look. What did you fucking do in here? Uh, the morgue is, by the way, a mess. Imagine that you are the uh, chief operator of uh, the sheriff's department that this morgue is responsible for, and you walk in and there's bodies sort of on the floor, and uh, just a big messy fight obviously happened in here. Listen, sheriff, it's time. 
I came clean with you and told you the truth. I'm a federal agent. Oh, man. I'm here investigating, well, I can't tell you. My partner, Agent Stern, has and I have been working together up at Amnesty Lodge. That's where we've been holed up doing some research. There's been some strange disappearances around town over the last couple of years. People have come through from out of state. And because they cross state lines, it makes it a federal case. So we've been working together to try to clear that up. And we heard there were some mysterious deaths down at the hornet's nest. So I came down here with the help of local forest ranger, Duck Newton, oh, thank to, help me inv- uh, to help me investigate uh, into the situation. <laughs> yep. Did you say, oh, thank Christ, because you were worried you were going to have to come up with your own yeah, cover story? I'm local forest ranger, Duck Newton, and I'm sh- that's it. <laughs> he knows nothing. He's, he's just been helping me. Um, this is I the first hey, he's listen, hearing about this. The literal well. first I'm hearing of this. I've I've never heard any of this before at all. This is the first I've heard of it, Sheriff. Damn. Uh, n- yeah, manipulate someone. I think here, Ob. Oh. Uh. Oh, it's an eight. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be an eight plus one, an eight. Yeah, there's not going to be any salvaging that. They're going to do it. Um, but they need you to do something to show them right now that you mean it. Um, let me uh, let me call my partner. Let me get to that phone there on the desk, and I'll let you talk to Agent Stern. Uh, he says, "All right, hold, hold, just, just hold on." Uh, and he pulls out his flashlight that he's now kind of holding under his revolver, and he shines it around the room. Uh, and he sees the body of Gregor on the floor. That is like obviously not a body that was in here before. He has just realized that Gregor has been killed. Yes, uh, and he says, "You all are gonna wait." behind the desk in that office there. Dewey! And Dewey turns around and uh, he says, Dewey, you keep an eye on them. Either of them makes a sideways move. Well, don't don't shoot at them unless you think they're going to get you, in which case you're going to need to do it. But then just yell my name if a sideways move happens. And Dewey says, you got it! And uh, he sort of turns his back. He's still like standing in the doorway to this building, but he's uh, got his back to the street. And he is now looking at the two of you all uh, behind the desk as Sheriff Owens moves into the back of the morgue to uh, to get some get some context for what happened back there. So so Griffin, are we going to have to kill Dewey? You're going to have to kill Dewey. Um, no, I think he just wants you all uh, he, he, to I, I think he, the calling the. Um, calling agent stern thing is what he is sort of moving you toward you're gonna have to actually do something if you want to get out of consequences for this but in the meantime he has you know not he's not pointing his gun at you anymore so that's a kind of a success do we uh yeah listen um that thing that was here it, it could come back at any second and we don't know what what caused all this this mess but it wasn't us and whatever it was it's the same thing that wrecked shop over at the, the Hornets place. And we have got to get out of here now, all of us, because we don't know wh- when it could come back or, or what's going to happen next. Whoever those were that uh, caused all this. What du- what Duck is saying is absolutely correct. We heard a noise. We came down here. No one was at the desk. We heard a noise in the morgue. We went to look and the door slammed behind us. Now, now you two, now you two listen to me. I know you all think just dumb old Deputy Dewey, you can tell you can. Get him to do anything. If, you know, Dewey will eat it. You can tell me to do anything, and now I'm just a fool. 
But I went to school just like anybody else to de- to deputy school to get in this position. And I'm sh- I'm way sharper. Y'all give me credit for y'all always there when these what's shit your, happens. What's your sharp? It's a three. Damn. All Whoa. right. Shit. And it's more than more than enough to know that y'all are full of shit right now. So y'all are going to stand there right now. And if you keep backing up, I'm going to read you your rights because I got them memorized too. As he's talking, you see a rift open up 20 feet behind him in the parking lot. Uh, and you see just sort of the shadows of the, uh, the Bigfoot form of this monster uh, start walking just like emotionless, just sort of Terminator walking towards Dewey from behind. He does not see it. Dewey, give me your gun now. What the fuck are you talking Dewey, about? Dewey, we got one chance, bud. Give me your gun. Is this your, is this your, is this one of your normal moves? Me. When you tell a normal person the truth in order to protect them from danger, roll plus charm. Dang. All right. <laughs> And I already told him the truth. We needed to leave because the thing could come back. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Hachi, that's a three. Sorry, three plus two. That's a big, um, that's a five. Twelve. Thank and I dad. can't help him enough, right? I can only help Nobody him could help me enough. Yep. Uh, he has his gun out towards the two of you, and he says, now listen here. The step number one in the deputy playbook is to not give your... And then he is grabbed by this figure um, and pulled backwards. And you hear him kind of like, you, you, you hear this pained squeak come out of Dewey as this thing grabs him around the neck and carries him out of your line of sight. Uh, and I think definitely the uh, sheriff heard that. Sheriff Owens heard that. And this is he starts hard to, to explain. And he starts to run outside and you hear him scream. And he is also out of sight, too. You two are now alone in this morgue. Aubrey follows. Aubrey rushes in. (laughs) Duck. I'll give chase with Aubrey. You all see something that... I think I, I, it's got to be like terrifying, not in the usual way, not in like mortal fear way, but in a, a the cork has just come out of the bottle and that's going to be tough because you see Sheriff Owens trembling, but holding his service resol- revolver with like trying to maintain some semblance of bravery as he points his gun at this, this Bigfoot who grabs Dewey around the torso and just spins him and flings him uh, through the large glass windows leading into the sheriff's department. And everybody inside there, there's a couple other, uh, there's a couple other officers, there's a receptionist, uh, everybody in there sees sees Dewey get flung into the room, badly bloodied at this point, and they also see the Bigfoot uh, standing in their parking lot. And Immediately, Sheriff Owens just opens fire and wings this the, the Bigfoot a couple times, and then it just gets down on all four, and you know, like a like a jungle cat, just rushes uh, rushes away, rushes gets on the main street uh, and starts running east out of town. Um, and immediately, just like without even, I think he's now stuck his courage to the sticking point and Sheriff Owens runs and jumps in a, uh, squad car and kicks the siren on and takes off, uh, in hot pursuit. So he's got that covered. I, uh, Aubrey goes to check on Dewey. I'm going to grab onto the back of Sheriff's car. Oh, fuck. On my skateboard. Okay. 
I'm skitching. Oh, yes. I'm skitching. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you advantage on this roll. Roll. Uh, roll. I'm just Which skitching. you've never done before. Human No, skitching. I know, but it's. It's for sure an act under pressure, but because you're using an object that is like perfectly made for this, and because God has smiled down on our session and allowed this moment to happen, uh, <laughs> roll roll three uh, d six, and we'll take the higher two. Uh, yep, yeah, a four and a six is ten. That'll get you there. Yeah, uh, yeah. plus one. 11. You uh, you do this. You do this thing perfectly. How long has it been since you sketched? Three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a complicated okay. man. And there's lots of times when we're not hunting monsters, and sometimes we'll just get a good fucking sketch going. And now, okay. now I um, know what it is, but is actually, for he, for other people who may not know what sketching is, it's skateboard hitching, dude. Haven't you seen yeah. Back to the Future? Yeah, it's sketching. Uh, I actually think that maybe he has practiced. This is gonna sound stupid, but I feel like he might have practiced this move with Leo. Like maybe part of his training, like trying to get his balance back and and stuff like that, is. I love it. I love it. I love that. it. It's so fucking good. Okay, and Aubrey, you're just running in to help Dewey. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. So she's used healing before. Right, Keith. So I think first she's just checking to make sure you know that he's alive. Okay, so we'll 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 do that scene in a second. I want to jump cut to Ned real quick. Ned, you are you are having trouble telling if you are conscious or not. You can't really tell if you are uh, dreaming or not. Um, You're trending towards the ladder because you can't. Like for one thing, you can't feel your your body right now. Um, And also you are standing in a clearly like virtual space. You are in just this huge empty void with this like um, this grid of like circuitry covering the floor. And every few seconds uh, there is this circle of light that just kind of pings off of where you're standing and it spreads. And at certain points where like it intersects the grid, your, your circles of light that are coming out, you see your memories you see really you see familiar things you see this like you see a vision of your third grade teacher dismissing the class to recess um you see mrs d'angelo mrs d'angelo's class you see the layout of like your parents bedroom and the house you grew up in it's various things of like you know almost all of them are inconsequential um and then you start seeing like these little random bits of data that are like actually way way more sensitive and i think one of those like the one that sort of takes your your take takes your breath away a little bit is the the night of the robbery um and as you see it and are kind of confronted with it it does what all the other memories have been doing uh it kind of flashes and then turns into these just streaks of light that shoot upward and out to somewhere that you cannot see um and so you're standing where they're watching unable to move uh as these memories get more and more personal you see the basement of amnesty lodge you see uh it's an inhabitants both in their like disguised and true forms um and you feel you feel your pulse quickening which is like the only thing you can feel right now and then something appears that looks like different from how these memories are represented you see a panel like this blue square this illuminated panel that pops up immediately in front of you and there's a flashing white vertical bar on it and you realize that it's a text cursor and then slowly it types out a word it types out pizza then duck and then run and 
as that happens, you feel this electric shock at your neck. And as soon as it happens, that virtual space is just gone. It was being projected onto just this like this dome of light that as you regain your senses, you you realize was coming out of this this thing that you had wrapped around your neck that has been short circuited or something that has sort of released you from that that whatever that virtual state is. And now you are just sort of standing in a room that is completely pitch black and you uh, you don't really know where you are. What do you do? Summon up a light cycle. Well, you're, you're not you're not in the the V space anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I thought we were in full Tron mode there. Um. Okay. Would Ned have a cell phone? Um. I mean, you'd have to give me some reason for a person to own a cell phone without being able to Maybe use cell service. Maybe it's just an iPod Touch. I'll give you an iPod. I think an iPod makes sense. What? Or a Zune. Zune. A Zune. It's a Zune. Thank Does you. Does a Thank Zune you, have a flashlight on it? No, but it has an illuminated screen. No, but it's got screen. an illuminated screen. Yeah, yeah okay. sure. Okay. okay. What is the background? What's your Zune background looking like? Uh, it's what? um, it's a an aquarium thing. It's like uh, you know, little seahorses. Right? <laughs> and uh, is it stock? Is it stock? Did it come with? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> love it. Ned love can't it. afford okay. that. Yeah, you can tell you're just like in some sort of uh, like small supply closet. Uh, there's some some cleaning supplies. It's there's cobwebs like all over, uh, and you can also tell like looking at the ceiling that you're under a set of stairs. It's like a Harry Potter bedroom closet, and uh, that is where you are. And um, there is a, a door out of here that is uh, that is closed. I would I would say Ned would probably open the door. Okay, yeah, it opens just fine. It was not locked. And um, and doesn't step through, opens the door. You're slicing the pie. And just kind of peers around That's the pie corner. Slice, folks. Slicing pie. Let's start out by reading a bad situation. Okay. Because that's what you're doing, right? You're looking out the door trying to right. like, get some info. Okay, oh. that's a f- uh, four uh, plus- You can't see shit. The rolls today. Plus two, which is a six, which is still a failure. Yowza, yowza, yowza. So, okay. Mark an excuse. Here is the- your own death. <laughs> yeah. You, okay, failed all. I get to make a hard move. Um, here's here's what you get for free, right? You well, don't I, can I'm, see- I mark a experience point first, right? You do mark experience. Well done. I'll tell you what you see, right? You're not going to get anything more sort of- uh, uh, insightful than that, but I'll tell you what you see. So you are in um, the the door of this closet opens up into what appears to be the decrepit sort of lobby of some sort of hotel or something. Uh, it is very, very dark all over here. The windows and the door, uh, the exit of, from this building have all been like completely boarded up. Um, and so any light that you are getting is just sort of coming through the gaps in the panels. Um, but you can see a few details immediately in front of you is a reception desk and you can see a, a back door leading to some sort of office there. Um, and then in the lobby, you know, there's a handful of, of uh, like toppled over cobweb covered pieces of furniture. There is like a long dormant fireplace there. Uh, there are stairs immediately above you. Um, the, the stairs that were on top of the closet that you were just in leading to a second floor uh and then to your left there is a hallway at the end of which you can see is a conference room um and that is what you see and the hard move is there is a flash of light in the conference room and then you hear a a humming 
And you remember it's the same humming that you actually heard back in the back in the morgue uh, when the creature entered the room. It's almost like a junction box, like on a summer day, how you can kind of just like hear the electrical wires. You can you can hear this thing and you know that there is something in the conference room. So uh, what does Ned do? You have this this hum that you know is the monster, and it is in the conference room down the hallway. Uh, and there's a few other areas you could go, you know, check out or hide in or try to find exit in. Uh, what you, World's your oyster in this this building that you can't quite tell what it is. Um, I think Ned's, you- Ned's natural stealth would give him the confidence to try to observe this conference room. I mean, because... I mean, Ned's not assured that anything on the second floor is going to be any safer, and usually exits are on the first floor. I think Ned would would sneak towards the conference room and and maybe peek around the corner or f- try to find some way to sneak into the conference room and try to observe and find out more about this creature and where the hell he is. Okay. Uh, roll to investigate a mystery. Roll plus sharp. You are. Pu- I'm telling you now. You are putting yourself in danger to to do this. I know. But if, it, if this is what Ned wants to do, this is what Ned wants to do. It's a nine plus two sharp. It's an eleven. It's an okay. 11. So you get to ask uh, two questions. All right. Um, what happened here? Um, what happened here is the being, uh, has just stepped through the, stepped through the rift or some, some being has stepped through the rift and now it is back in sort of that light forearmed form with the, the cloud of, of particles following behind it. Uh, it has stepped through one of several rifts that are in this room. And when I say rifts, I don't mean like big open tunnels, uh, of, of, you know, uh, big open portals. Like most of them are just sort of these crumpled up fissures in, in space time, uh, through a couple of them, you can see certain scenes. Uh, I think you can definitely see one, uh, into the, the morgue, which is where you just came out of. Um, and yeah, you see a few things. Also, it's worth pointing out, like you have no idea how much time has passed uh, since since you were in that that virtual space. Um, I don't want people thinking this this action is necessarily happening at the same time. Um, you see several rifts leading to different places, uh, and that is your first question. What's your second? What can hurt it? Okay, uh, you see this thing. It doesn't see you, and it uh, is walking, and it floats i think up on top of the table just like effortlessly it's not like it's not like stunting it's just like uh you know the vertical axis has like no bearing on this thing uh and it is moving around and just kind of like peeking through these rifts and trying to like get some get some intel on what's going on uh and then it uh, reaches backwards and touches its back, and you see it jump with a start, uh, almost like it has touched something very, very tender. And you remember that is where Aubrey uh, stabbed it with her magical knife. And with that, uh, after it yelps, it kind of like shakes its head, and as it does, uh, it sees a, a small, small aquarium scene with very small digital seahorses swimming around in it, and also sees your big bearded face. And it perches itself on the edge of the table and then dives claws first in your direction.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Unless you binge watch TV at least 80 hours a week, Inside Pop is definitely not for you. Sean, that's a little extreme and also not quite true. Okay, Amita, how about Inside Pop is the podcast for people who love and appreciate the best pop culture has to offer? Oh, much better. In every episode, we interview the people who create the culture you crave. Past interviews include the showrunner of Ava DuVernay's Queen Sugar and Mudbound director Dee Reese. You'll also get the very best pop culture recommendations in our Big Sell segment. Plus the opinions of two TV producers who are pop culture obsessives and actually do binge 80 hours of TV a week. Eyeballs. So tired. Listen to Inside Pop every other Wednesday on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. There's nothing quite like sailing in the calm international waters on my ship, the SS Biopic. Avast! It's actually pronounced biopic. No, you dingus! It's biopic! Who the hell says that? It's biopic! Because it's the, the words word bi- for biography biology. and picture. If you... All right, that is enough. Ahoy, I'm Dave Holmes. I'm the host of the newly rebooted podcast, formerly known as International Waters. Designed to resolve petty but persistent arguments like this. How? By pitting two teams of opinionated comedians against each other with trivia and improv games, of course. Winner takes home the right to be right. What podcast be this? It's called Troubled Waters, where we disagree to disagree! Disagree!